This is why we have the best fans in the world. Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Lucia. And I'm Caitlin. And this is our 222nd episode of Talk Direction. And today we have a little bit of a mishmash episode for you. Love a mishmash. Um, but we do, We so we've been doing this little quarantine check-in at the beginning of, epi- of the episodes and we actually have some very exciting news from Caitlin. I guess I forgot to make sure that you wanted to hear this so I can edit this out. No, this is good. <laughs> okay, I was going to say so it Caitlin anyway. has some very exciting news to share. Uh, to take it away. Yeah. So I found out I got into a, I don't know what I've said and what I haven't said on the podcast (laughs) in terms of like what schools I applied to for medical school. Um, But I got into a school in Boston and I am very, very excited. And I actually, I accepted their offer. So I will be going to Boston for the next four years for medical school. So exciting. Um, and I'm just getting so excited. I have friends that live there. Kara, if anyone remembers her, she did the podcast for years with me before Lucia. She lives in Boston. Um, my roommate from college, Laura, lives in Boston. And we're going to be living together. Um, so I'm just getting so excited about that. And I'm so happy to be in such a cool city for the next four years. Um, yeah. It doesn't really feel real. Like I had been deciding where I wanted to go for so long. And obviously this process has been so long. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just been a long time coming and it doesn't really feel real. I feel like it's going to take some time to settle in that I'm actually going to school and I'm going to school in Boston and this is my life for the next four years. So I'm yeah. just really excited. That's so crazy that it's like, you know what you're where you're going to be for like that amount of time it it is weird because my my brother was like when I was trying to decide between two different schools he was like where do you want to be between the ages of 25 and 29 and I was like wow it's weird to think about like you know that 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 is the location I'll be during those Mm -hmm. years of my life like it is quite Mm -hmm. like I know that's where I'll be it's quite planned out you know yeah yeah very exciting yeah I feel like when we started doing the podcast together like when I came on you were in England mm-hmm. um, but then pretty soon after that you moved back home and then it's just been like studying for your test and then applying for schools and like yeah it's I feel been like this so has been long. like this just like this where what you're about to do has been like in the works for so long (laughs) it really really has it really has and there's been so many moments that it has been like so difficult Mm -hmm. and now it's finally paying off because it's I've made it happen I did it which is exciting. yeah very cool very impressive (laughs) um so uh I guess we can oh 
I should I share what I've been doing? I haven't been doing anything. I don't know. <laughs> I'm the same as I was last week. It's been hard. <laughs> I have a very difficult work thing to do like this week and this weekend that I'm not looking forward to. I feel overwhelmed. But it's all going to be okay. Um, yeah, it's been a challenging time. But um, I'm drinking a matcha latte right now. Uh, so that's pretty great. Of course. And recording is always fun. Always puts me in a good mood. So, um, yeah. We have a Patreon. I'm sure you know. But if you don't, it's at patreon.com slash talk direction. And if you want to support the show, you can join us over there. Um, we have Talk Direction Download on Patreon where we do 30-minute little episode just for our patrons. And uh, last week we did um, Match the Quote where Caitlin picked out a bunch of quotes from the boys from various interviews and then read them and I had to guess which boy said each quote. And it was really hard, actually. <laughs> you did so well, though. Like You think? Yeah, I think you got, like, seven, or, I don't know, 70% of them right or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. It's hard because, like, what one of the things that happened is, like, their voices, like, whoever I listened to last, it was in my head. So I had just watched a bunch of Liam interviews. And so Liam was, like, in my head. So I wanted to think every, everyone was Liam. And then some of the boys I haven't, like, heard talk in a long time. So they were, like my last guess <laughs> Plus, and like, then also the older was, stuff like, is like when, yeah when they're younger it's such a different yeah than they have very different voices back then yeah. so um but yeah that game expi- it expired me <laughs> inspired me to um do a similar one uh on our main episode today where i'm actually gonna read some tweets to caitlin and she's gonna have to guess Oh, I should what? have brushed up on my 1D tweets. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous. I'm a nervous wreck for this. <laughs> and then this week on TDDL over on our Patreon, we're going to be talking about 1D as vloggers because Liam is like doing these little vlog- weekly vlogs and it just has been making me think like, what if the boys like did YouTube? Like yeah. what kind of videos would they make? Um, So I've been thinking about that a lot. (laughs) So if you're interested in some bonus content and or supporting us, you can go to patreon.com slash talk direction. And we so appreciate everyone who has over there um, and supported us. Some of you patrons have been supporting us for like many years. Mm So Um, into our main discussion, uh, we're going to start with some info from Jamie Scott. So Jamie Scott is a singer, songwriter, producer who has written uh, quite a number of songs for and with One Direction, um, including uh, Story of My Life. He has also written and produced on both of Niall's solo albums and on Louis's song Perfect Now off his solo album Walls. Um, and he has a, a couple of his own albums out as well. And I really like his stuff. I really enjoy um, his music, his solo music, and the music he's written for other people. Had you listened um, but to him recent- before? Um, not before I knew about him through One Direction. Mm-hmm. I think it was like I found out about him pretty early on because I feel like I've told this story before, but when me and my we me and one of my best friends Shannon we like she she's the person who got me into One Direction 
um, many years ago. And we had this idea that we were going to get matching friendship tattoos with some lyrics from Story of My Life. Mm -hmm. And we were like, well, we should get we should get it in like the handwriting of like whoever wrote this song. And then we like looked it up and Jamie Scott was the one who wrote this song. Mm. And so we emailed him (laughs) and said, we want to get these tattoos. Can you write it for us? And he never emailed us back. Oh, um, but so yeah, after sad. that point, I like knew who he was. And then at some point I looked up his solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, he has a new single out um, called Friendly Fire. And so in um, kind of like the lead up to that, he did a series of tweets where he was letting us in on some like behind the scenes stuff on how a lot of the songs he's written on came to be. Um, And a lot of them were One Direction songs. Um, Yeah. So these were super cool to read. A lot of stuff that, like, I had never heard of, like, never knew before. Um, So, like, new information. Um, And so we're going to go through. Caitlin hasn't read all of these yet. So I'm going to go through and read them. um, And we're going to chat about them. Yeah. Um, I'm scrolling down on his Twitter. I was going to copy and paste all of this into our doc, but it was, like, getting too complicated. (laughs) Because the way that the tweets are written, like, he'll do, like, one out of five. But then they're obviously on Twitter. It's like the last one is at the top. And I tried to like paste it into the doc and it was very confusing. So it's like, no. It's always so annoying. (laughs) It goes like that. It just doesn't work that well. (laughs) So we're actually going to start with some tweets about Enrique Iglesias because it is related to One Direction in a way that I find is really funny. Cool. Um, And this is five (laughs) tweets. Um. This was a big moment in my career. So he's talking about a song called Heartbeat um, by Enrique Iglesias featuring Nicole Scherzinger. For about seven years from the age of 20, I hadn't liked the idea of writing for other artists slash bands. But as I got a little older, a publishing company asked me if I would write a song for Enrique Iglesias. I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this now. And I wrote a song called More Than This for him. He got sent it and loved it. So next thing I knew, I was on a plane to Miami to go and record what I thought was going to be my first cut writing for someone else. But when I got to his studio, he had changed his mind on wanting to record it. This was my first experience of the ups and downs of the writing world. I spent the whole plane journey so excited. Anyway, I was in Miami for another three days with him, and we spent those days writing. In the last hour of a very late night session on the second day, Heartbeat was born. And there came my first break. More than this went on to be cut by One Direction and became a key song on their first album. That's crazy. I had no idea that More Than This was written for Enrique Iglesias. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, who would have thought? Like, I always have the idea that it's like, oh, they like went in to write all these songs for like One Direction, you know? Mm -hmm. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Looks like it all worked out in the end for him. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, Okay, so now he's going to talk more about More Than This. So as I was talking about yesterday, More Than This was the first song that I wrote to pitch to another artist. It was first written for Enrique Iglesias, but became a song recorded and released by One Direction for their first album. This song was probably the most important song I have ever written because I wrote it by myself, and soon after it was released, lots of record labels and publishing companies came knocking at my door wanting more. It's always the hardest thing in any industry to become someone that people know about and are aware of. This song was written at a time in my career when I was working with a production and publishing company called Metrophonic. They produced this record for One Direction and Psycho, and the song came out on the first One Direction album, Up All Night. 
This was the start of a relationship that saw me pen and produce over 25 songs through all five of their albums. Wow. Um, yeah. I really like the song more than this. Yeah. But it totally makes sense, like, as an Enrique Iglesias song. It really song. does. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And it's so interesting how, like, when you see, like, collaborators, like, you'll see credits in a song and it'll be, like, five people, but, like, actually one person wrote the song and right. then the other people just, like, added little things to it. Yeah. Um, Like, this song more than this, like, was just 100% written by Jamie Scott. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, which is just really interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting. I love finding out more about the writers behind it and, like, mm-hmm. hearing that One Direction was a pretty big break for him. Mm-hmm. And now he's gone on to write a lot of songs and, like, worked with yeah. One Direction for a lot of years. But at that mm-hmm. time, it wasn't like he knew that this was all going to unfold this way you know he was just like yeah. a songwriter that was trying to get his stuff out there and he had one big <laughs> right. break and now it turns out he's been like writing with these boys for years and then in their solo careers and probably had a ton mm-hmm. of other hits as well or written for other artists as well yeah yeah it's also really interesting because his solo stuff is very like acoustic like kind of folksy like singer songwritery mm-hmm. um very not like like more than this or like the early one direction mm. songs and i feel like that's the same can be said about most of the boys is like their mm-hmm. music now is like not like that at all so it's kind of yeah. funny that they all started in like this one like the, kind yeah. of the same place and now they're all yeah doing really different kind of music yeah um yeah and like you said that like he got his start with one direction when they were like right. getting their start too yeah um okay so next we have story of my life <clears throat> Story of my life's life. <laughs> Did I say story of my life? <laughs> story of my life was probably the most important song I've written so far in my career. We were given the task of slightly changing the boys' trajectory and to try to cross them over to an older audience. One morning while working on new music for Midnight Memories, when we had already written a few songs for the record and we just decided to try something completely different. Myself, Julian Bonetta, and John Ryan all picked up guitars and just pretended to be in a band ourselves. This led to a song being written really quickly that we thought might have been too folk. We thought the label might have thought we were joking, but rather hesitantly, we called them up and invited them to the studio in London where we were writing. When the label got there, we decided to play them the first few songs that were more in keeping with the first albums, and they got a really good reaction. But before everyone left to go home, we said, you know what, we have one song for you guys. We're not sure what you will think. It was at this point we played them the first demo of Story of My Life, and to be honest with you, the reaction that we got, we just couldn't believe. Everyone freaked out, and they loved it. It wasn't too long before we got the One Direction boys involved in this song, and quickly it became the most important track on the whole of Midnight Memories. What made this song even more enjoyable to be part of was the reaction it then got from the public and on the radio once it was released, and what it then did to sell the album. All in all, this is one of the riskiest but definitely most rewarding songs to have been a part of. That's so cool that they were purposely changing the trajectory, because I remember when that song came out, it was very much a, this is a totally new sound, like... Mm-hmm. It was kicking off the album with a new era. It was way more folksy. And I think Midnight Memories in general was, it had folksy, it had rock, but it also had some folksy songs on it. Yeah. Um, And I definitely felt like it was a change in trajectory. And the fact that they kind of went in doing that, it's like really mm-hmm. confirms that. 
And also that they yeah. were so scared to put it out and like they weren't going to share the song. It's like, what? <laughs> I know. Can you imagine if like they didn't and like yeah. we never got? Because this, this song was huge for One Direction because it like really like brought into their audience space. I mean, before yeah. Midnight Memories, we only had Up All Night and Take Me Home. Mm-hmm. So like they had only been doing that like really bubblegum pop stuff. Yeah. And this like went big on radio. Like they would actually just play mm-hmm. it on radio like on regular radio stations all the time yeah. I remember it was and it's yeah. one of their only 1D songs that did get played on radio the way like it may mm-hmm. have been their biggest radio hit to be honest I think it was yeah, yeah. I think so um yeah also I feel like it would be so interesting if you were a songwriter and like you had written a song for someone else that like ended up being so huge and important yeah um like that just must be such a weird experience it really must um cuz he's done this song as well like on his um, album My Hurricane live at the Troubadour he has his version of it on there mm. which I mean it's very similar but it's just him mm-hmm. singing it yeah um, cool but yeah very interesting yeah. <laughs> um, okay next we have You and I You and I was a song we wrote on the One Direction album Midnight Memories I'll never forget this song because we started it in the day and I left it as pretty as a pretty rough acoustic demo Julian Vanetta and John Ryan worked on it till crazy late after I went home. And when I heard the song the next morning, they'd produced it to pretty much the record that's on the album. Which is so wild. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, if you're not, like, I feel like if you're a pretty hardcore One Direction fan, like, you know Julian Vanetta and John Ryan and mm-hmm. Jamie Scott, like, write, wrote a lot of their music. Mm-hmm. But, like, this just confirms, like, these three people, like, made this song 100 percent yeah like the boys sang it and obviously like gave life to it and like that's like the performance is super important it's not like i'm discounting it at all because like a lot of music is is done that way um but like the song itself like the music and the lyrics were like written by these other people yeah was um were any of the boys credit on you and i you know, I don't remember. I'm going to look it up really quick because I'm, like, really curious. Yeah. I know that, like, they're credited on songs that I think they didn't – they, like, were maybe involved in the process but A didn't really – A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, like, even though Louis was credited on songs earlier and, like, all the boys were credited right. earlier on earlier albums, it wasn't mm-hmm. until, like, later on that Louis – was saying he was writing the songs where like in his heart he knew that he was actually coming up with a lot of the lyrics and right you know the melodies and stuff actually yeah they're not listed okay yeah but they are all listed on story of my life right let's see (laughs) which is like (laughs) (laughs) yeah because he did say on in those tweets that he said something like we got the boys involved right Yeah, they are listed. Mm-hmm. That's nice listed to know, on. like, on their solo stuff, especially with, like, I think majority of them, maybe not Liam as much, but that I think they really are writing them from themselves, and mm-hmm. they're the main writer. Yeah. And then they have other people who are credited, but it's really coming right. from them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it goes to show you, too, like, how much some of them really needed to be solo yeah. in order to like actually do what they wanted to do like yeah. not even because they didn't like what was being made but it's just like you have this whole team like these songwriters were like 
like as much a part of one direction as as anyone because right. they like yeah. literally created a lot of the music yeah. um but yeah so essentially you have like not even just the four or five boys but you have like all these writers mm-hmm. so it's like it's not actually just four or five people's right. points of view it's like 10 or 20 people's yeah. points of view exactly. trying to like converge yeah and i feel like if you're someone like jamie or like julian you like writing for other people is like part of your job and it's like what you do but if you're like one of the boys where like that was never your ambition and like Mm -hmm. you want to like be a solo artist Mm -hmm. like writing your own music is probably more yeah something you want to do yeah and probably like too i imagine like a 16 year olds like they weren't they weren't 16-year-olds that had, like, been to music school or grew up in a right. musical family. <laughs> like, they were, like, rando 16-year-old boys that probably yeah. didn't know much about anything. Right. You know? And, like, over the years, they really, working with all these people, they really, like, mm-hmm. figured out what they wanted and yeah, learned a lot from mm-hmm. the different writers that they were writing with. Because, like, yeah. Jamie Scott came into the career as a songwriter like clearly he had been doing that he knew his stuff right um so it's interesting to like have that those people around them when they were younger because how old Mm -hmm. is jamie scott he's not that much older but he was older enough that he he knew more than them yeah yeah i think he's probably like in his early 30s now Mm. yeah and if especially if you're like raised writing versus not raised writing or whatever it is right no. yeah i said that but i actually have no idea how old he was <laughs> how old he is now i think he said something in one of the tweets right didn't he say something about age i don't know like i, I feel remember. like um julian bonetta was like mid to late 20s when he was writing with the boys so yeah. they're probably around the same age yeah he, he said for that. about he said for about seven years from the age of 20 i hadn't liked the idea of writing for other artists Band. so he must have been 27 when he wrote more than this that makes sense oh when that was like what probably like not eight years ago or something right he's probably mid-30s then yeah but yeah um, a 27 year old's gonna know a lot lot more than a 16 year old yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay so next we have night changes So, the story of Night Changes is a funny one. The guys that I wrote a lot of my One Direction songs with were Julian Bonetta and John Ryan. We wrote and recorded a lot of them at my old house in the UK. The way that we would work was they would would stay near me, and then, because they were on LA time, we would work till crazy o'clock and start late the next day. Oh, we would work till crazy o'clock and start late the next day. But because I had kids, my album... Because I had kids by album three which was the album that Night Changes was on, I couldn't be doing crazy late times. So a lot of the time, they would work through the night and then produce the demo we had written that day. This normally worked out amazingly because I wasn't as involved in the production on a lot of these songs. So for me, it was great to hear them come to life the next day. However, sometimes my head couldn't take all the different versions and little changes they did. And one night, for some reason, I just really wasn't into it. And it got to me. And I think I might have lost my temper a little bit. When I picked them up from the hotel the next morning to bring them to the studio, and I had heard what they had done through the night, I got really angry. (laughs) I was probably being tired and putting pressure on us to make another amazing record, and I just said, you know what, I'm I'm going to call you guys the night changers. 
Within about five seconds, the three of us looked at each other and thought, you know what? That makes a great title of a song. And that is literally the story of how the title came to be. We then proceeded to write the song the next day. That's so funny. <laughs> wow. Isn't I that crazy? I can see that being frustrated that like you do a song and then the next day it's totally different or like uh-huh. things that you like. You didn't get a say. You didn't get to put your like hat in the ring or whatever. Yeah. I know. I also wild that they couldn't change to England time if they were living there long term. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> like it doesn't take that long to adjust. Like no. Okay, they're on LA time, so they but they're gonna be there for a couple weeks, so they just <laughs> right. stay on LA time. What? <laughs> I know that's really that funny. Sense. But yeah, now when I hear night changes, I just think of Julian and. Julian Benetta and John Ryan up yeah up all night writing, <laughs> writing that's songs. so funny <laughs> the night we need changes. to reevaluate those lyrics with the the fact that it's we do lyrics and like production changing overnight yes I know so weird but yeah I think like all of this stuff is like brand new I don't because I've never heard any of this um, yeah me either all right we have a couple more so next we have drag me down Um, I remember Drag Me Down so vividly because it was one of the first songs we wrote for Made in the AM. We were so desperate to try and write something that felt different to the records we had made previously with the band. I remember being so excited with the chorus and the lyric we came up with that I called Sonny Taker, who was head of Psycho Records late in the evening, and sang him the chorus down the phone. He (laughs) thought it was amazing and there was a real atmosphere and buzz around the track before we had even delivered the demo to the label. When everyone eventually heard the first recording, they were so excited and it sounded so fresh that it was just something that everyone was on board with from the minute we wrote it. This song is also special to me because it was my first UK one, and there had been a few records that I had written before that I thought were going to go to one. I think he's talking about number one, like, Mm -hmm. on the charts. That I thought were going to go to one and for some reason just missed. With Story of My Life, we got beaten by Eminem and Rihanna last minute. So this one was really special for me. Damn it, Rihanna. (laughs) that's so crazy though because like they were close with story of my life but yeah you never know what like song is gonna be really big yeah yeah was that the end of the quote yeah oh um what, what was i gonna say um again like the drag me down thing sort of like story of my life they wanted to go in at a new angle and they really mm-hmm. ended up with something new like drag me down was another moment that was like this feels really different. This feels yeah. current. This feels like it could be on radio. Uh-huh. Um, and it felt like such a turn, especially after Zane had left. Like it felt like a real moment that was needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I don't know when they wrote it. If Zane had left, probably not. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting that they were looking for a change and then they brought around a change and it really felt like it fit where they were headed, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really interesting to see that, like, those um, on-purpose, like, changes of trajectory as far as genre and, like, how that came about, like, was, like, who decided that? Like, was it, like, the label that was, like, we need a different direction or was it the boys themselves or, like, the Mm -hmm. songwriters were just, like, we want to make, like, who kind of decided that direction? Right. It makes me curious what the next album would have been and, like, the next change of sound. Right. If they would pivot again to something sort of different and take another step. Yeah, I know. It makes you really curious. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so now we have a couple of tweets about Niall solo music, which um, Jamie has done a lot with Niall. Um, so the first one is This Town. This Town is a really special record to be a part of because it was the first record we made with Niall after One Direction broke up. Also, I love how he says broke up. <laughs> I was one of the first people to work with him on his new solo material, and for me it was such an easy progression from being in the band to working on a solo project because the whole time in 1D. What? That doesn't make sense, but I think I know what he meant. (laughs) He loved this kind of music. Oh, maybe that was supposed to be a graduation to the next suite. He loved this kind of music, and we spoke for hours about different artists, like the Eagles and bands that we both loved. When we first got into the studio, I remember I wanted to to work at my house, but he was living in London, so we met in the middle. The session went so amazing, and we wrote this town so quickly that I decided to actually rent the studio that we wrote it at, because there was such an amazing vibe there. Two years later, when when I bought a studio in Surrey near to my house, I decided to buy all the equipment and instruments that we'd written this and all those songs on because of the memories. I have the grand piano right beside me now. I felt like this song really kickstarted Niall's solo career and gave him a great line as an artist, so I was really proud to be a part of this song. That's so cool that it, like, the actual physical objects meant a lot to him and he wanted to have them. Yeah. I know. It is cool. Um, Cool that he's also now graduated enough as a songwriter to have his own studio where in Mm -hmm. his house where people can then come to him and he's not. Yeah. Like he's wanted (laughs) enough that he can say, okay, you can come to my house, my studio. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is nice. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Also, like, I feel like this town definitely was a good transition song for Niall from One Direction because it wasn't too far off honestly um Mm -hmm. made in the AM yeah like the sounds on that it really could have fit thinking of songs like AM and Mm -hmm. um what's that other one called the slow one damn um, (laughs) I don't know which one you're talking about oh Um, I want to write you a song yeah I want to write you a song like it's got a feel of those and yeah i feel like it made sense to transition that way with Nile, even mm-hmm. though it wasn't something that i was like so excited about it felt like i mean it did so well and there was a yeah. good reason for that right yeah, yeah i feel like Nile had this the kind of smoothest transition into solo right. life yeah. probably in big part because he was writing with the same people yeah so it was like a natural transition yeah definitely um, okay, we have two more uh, for Nile. Um, well, two more in total, and they're both about Nile. Um, so this is too much to ask. This was another really special song because it just came so easily. We wrote it about a week after we wrote This Town with Nile, Mike Needle, and Dan Breyer. And that song t- came together so quickly and easily that we all fell in love with it instantly. The four, is- four of us have such a great relationship and appreciation of other of each other's likes. We've written and recorded over eight songs on the last two records. When Niall and I went in to write next, I sat at the piano and too much to ask just came out. It was written in probably two or three hours. We both thought it sounded so classic and his voice sounded incredible on it. It was true and honest to who he is and to the music we both love. Writing too much to ask was such an amazing experience that I decided to buy the piano that we wrote it on. (laughs) Again. Again. Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) Maybe it's the same piano that he's talking about. 
maybe. Did he write? Did he buy two pianos that he wrote I music with Nile? Is Jamie Scott in love with Nile? What's happening? Maybe. Maybe he buys the piano when he works on a song with any artist, and he's like, oh, the piano. This one's written on. Just has a room full of pianos at his house. Yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. That would be cool. <laughs> Uh, now, sitting at that piano gives me such an amazing feeling because of the memories and Too Much to Ask was the first song that I ever wrote on it. It feels like one of the most special songs I've been part of. It gave me and Niall a lane and a vision, and because of it, every time we sit down and try to write a ballad, we know where, where the bar is. That was really important for us in the latest record when we sat down with Mike and Dan and wrote Put a Little Love on Me. I feel like Put a Little Love on Me is the sister of Too Much to Ask. Mm. It's really I interesting. It sounds like he bought two pianos that he yeah. wrote songs with Niall on. <laughs> and if he's done it twice, you know he's done it for other songs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if he has a studio at his house, like you probably want to have right. multiple pianos. I don't yeah, know. Maybe you I have like so. one in your living room and one in the mm-hmm. studio. And like if one you're someone bathroom. who knows pianos really well, <laughs> when if you know pianos really well, they probably all sound different and have different types of like yeah. vibes to them. That like if you're yeah, writing sure. songs, you might want one over the other. Yeah, all I can think about is how expensive they are, but I guess <laughs> he can afford it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so funny. Um, okay, last one is about put a little love on me. Put a Little Love on Me was written with Niall Official, Mike Needle, and Dan Breyer. It was an idea that started on the same piano that we wrote Too Much to Ask in a lot of Niall's first album on. Okay. The minute we started Put a Little Love on Me, uh, it really did feel like it was a sister song to Too Much to Ask. Niall was completely in love with it, and his enthusiasm for the song carried us all along, and the atmosphere in the room was amazing. When we had the melody, the lyrics wrote themselves so easily. Once we had written the whole thing, we did a really rough demo that actually ended up being mixed and was the final edit that came out because Niall loved the demo so much. Mm-hmm. We went back and forth with different productions, but we always ended up back at the original. The only addition was some live strings, and that was it. This is a very special song to me, to everyone at Catherine Songs, and to Niall. Um, Catherine Songs is like the group that um, Daniel Breyer and Mike Needle are part of. Mm-hmm. Um, I- yeah. It's cool to also hear the transition with Niall's solo stuff to how the songwriting came about because it's so different mm-hmm. from, you know, Jamie Scott writing it with, you know, Julian Veneta and John Ryan yeah. and then like maybe adding the boys in. You can just hear by the story he's telling that Niall's fully involved in the process, mm-hmm. you know, and like that must have been a cool transition for them as well to yeah, see that more intimate side in the songwriting and work mm-hmm. with the boys in a new capacity or work with Niall in a new capacity yeah totally um yeah I feel like reading this stuff too with Niall like it just makes a lot of sense because um like Niall's talked about this the same kind of stuff too about those specific mm-hmm. songs like put a little love on me and like the demo and stuff um yeah yeah um, but yeah, he did quite a few more tweets about other songs he's written for other artists. Um, and his new song, Friendly Fire, is out now. So go give it a listen. Go look at his Twitter if you want to see all of these One Direction tidbits and um, some stuff about about other artists as well. Um, mm-hmm. The album he has that I love a lot is that live at the Troubadour one. Um, 
mm. which is on I think he only has one technically one album out called My Hurricane but there's like a live version and a studio version mm-hmm. um, but it's very beautiful um, so I would go give it a listen cool and yeah any other thoughts on that before we move on no I like that I, I, I want the other artists the other songwriters to do these types of Q's and Q&A's again because I think there are a lot of like music lovers who really care about that process and want to know about the songwriters in addition to the singers who sing the songs Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I know I would love to see more of this so next we're going to talk about Liam. He has continued his weekly vlogging. Um, so if you guys have been uh, listening um, or watching, he has been doing a weekly vlog on Sundays. This was the third one. Um, and it's kind of feels like an old school vlog because it's like a combination of like he's like randomly catching us up on little tidbits of his life and then doing like reactions to other videos and stuff. It feels like mm-hmm. this kind of what, what you like what a lot of YouTubers used to do. Um, it's not really vlog. Like he doesn't. We're not like following him around in his life, um, right? And he kind of he called it a weekly round video. He also said for this one, um, he said, "I picked the worst time to do this. I don't know how on God's green earth I'm going to make this interesting." Um, <laughs> like talking about trying to do a vlog series during a pandemic when you can't leave your house. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause like obviously not a lot's happening in anyone's life. So yeah. it's probably hard to think of, of content to do for that. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, it kind of was like a, a mishmash. He said that he was like making some beats and getting into production more lately. Um, which I thought was interesting to hear. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that could be cool to see like where he could take that. Um, yeah. On his last video, I made fun of his egg technique because I was I thought it was maybe even a joke because I was so confused by it. But apparently, I'm the fool because Gordon Ramsay commented on his video and said, great technique for the eggs. I have never seen this technique, <laughs> though. I've never heard of it. <laughs> maybe Gordon Ramsay really was trolling him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, he mentioned he rewatched the whole series of harry potter which i've been doing as well me and my roommate have been watching mm. one one a week on saturday nights we watch a harry potter movie and we're on the last one um i've been i haven't been re-watching harry potter but i've been re-watching i need to re-watch harry potter i've just been re-watching so many movies i find so much joy mm. in re-watching movies like almost kind of more than watching movies for the first time just because yeah. it's like you know what you're gonna get you can pick one you like like I know. I don't know. You could be on your phone at the same time. It's just a beautiful combination. <laughs> yeah, I'm really bad at that. I love rewatching movies or TV shows that I've already seen. Like watching a TV mm-hmm. series that I've already watched is one of my joys of life. And I know it's really mm-hmm. annoying to people because I'm always talking to people and I'm like, oh my God, I'm watching this incredible new show and I never want to start a new show. <laughs> right. It's hard to start re-watch. new shows. It's so it hard. Yeah. 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 Um, he's still keeping his mystery collaborator a secret. So last time he mentioned he was collabing with someone who isn't in the music industry, but they are. Um, mm. <laughs> so we still don't know who that is. He talked about a bunch of wow. Avengers stuff that I didn't understand because I don't follow. I loved how he had like action figures around his house. 
It reminded yeah, me of like, <laughs> like the boys, the, like when they were younger and they bought things like the Spider Man and the Scooby Doo van and like mm-hmm. different random, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> memorabilia. Yeah. 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 He does have a lot of that. Um, he, then he watched like, what he called some great content, which was just, like, videos and stuff that he had liked over the week. Um, and then he also said, I guess this is the – this was, like, the, the the quiz or the the challenge for people is to – he wants to know how many times did Wendy sing What Makes You Beautiful in total. Oh, damn. Which I feel That's like would be so impo- impossible to track. Well, maybe not impossible, but I'm sure someone knows in this fandom. Yeah. I mean, all the rehearsals and stuff would, like, none of that stuff would be. But how many times they yeah. performed it, I'm sure you could calculate. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you could. How much, what would crazy. be your guess off the top of your head? Oh, my God. I don't know. Like, 500 times? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Is that too high? 400? Because, like, some know. of their tour st- like tours would be, like, 100 shows, right? Or maybe it's fewer than that. Yeah, I don't think there was any that were 100 shows, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah, because they pretty much play it at every at every show, right? Right, and then like different radio things. It's probably not 500, but (laughs) I feel like it's probably (laughs) around 500, though. You think it's probably not far off? Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'll be curious (laughs) to see if anyone finds that out. Yeah, because um, over the course of five years, do you think they played it a hundred times a year? Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not a hundred times, but like if every they played it every if they, they played play it at every show, and then they did also they like played it a lot of times at other performances. Like right. they had TV appearance or like yeah, you know, yeah, festivals and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And then lastly, he talked about his son, Bear, um, who is three years old. Wow. And we've never seen a real picture besides, like, Mm -mm. I think just the feet or something. Mm -hmm. Well, there's, like, a picture of him, like, holding him as a baby. Okay. But we, like, can't – obviously, you can't tell what someone looks like from the – Yeah infant oh, picture I wish we could know i love seeing louis kid freddie like i follow i know um, the his mom on instagram and he Louis's, is mini louis he is mini it's louis. literally a mini louis he's so cute <laughs> i love getting updates about that i know so cute yeah um yeah he talked about how it's really tough being away from him right now um obviously his kid is with his mom with the kid's mom um you know, full time. So no one's allowed to just like, you know, visit right now. Um, So that must be sucky. Um, And he said uh, that they do FaceTime, but he doesn't always want to say hi on FaceTime. And Liam was talking about he was like that too when he was little and he can see a lot of himself in him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like that is a thing with kids. Like sometimes they like, I don't know. It must be really weird to be a kid these days because like, yeah. I mean, these days and then also, like, right now, because, like, my stepmom, it was her birthday last week, and so we did a, a like, family Zoom call, and then her two daughters have kids, and so there was, like, kids on, and I was just, like, it would be so weird to be a kid right now, and you're just, like, communicating with your family, like, through a computer screen, yeah. like, video. so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then he said that uh, the last time he was on FaceTime with him, he said he was jumping up and down on a trampoline, wearing Wellington boots, playing a ukulele, wearing a princess dress and a fireman's jacket. (laughs) (laughs) That is ideal childhood right there. (laughs) I know. It sounds like something that I would have worn as a child. That's so cute. Oh, my gosh. I know. It was really cute to hear him talk about Bear. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that half of it. I might want to go back and watch that. that. Was a, yeah, I it was the very end. Being separated from your kid for that long would just be so tough. I know. Yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cute. Um, and then Liam also did a video for Esquire. They have a series called I Hate Watching Myself <laughs> where they make people watch <laughs> footage of themselves i guess um and liam did it um he watched a couple of like various videos of himself um he mentioned that he was talking about the early days of one direction and how um challenging it was to be like that age uh and like going on to like tv shows and stuff and then he said Mm -hmm. um i used to have to start all the songs so that made it a double tricky job which is something I've never mm. thought about, that, like, the yeah. person who has to start the song has, like, the worst job because, like, you go out right. and, like, you have to start singing before anyone else. And that yeah. was always <laughs> Liam. It really was. <laughs> and, like, get your timing right, come in right, hit the note right. Mm-hmm. Like, you got no, no one else there. Yeah, that's so much pressure. Yeah, I wonder geez. if they, like, di- wrote the songs that way on purpose so that Liam would always be the first one to sing in their performances. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Um, he also said that when he was watching the One Direction stuff, he said, I hate watching myself, but I like watching everyone together. It's nice. Aww. Which made me emotional. There was an awkward moment where he was watching his X Factor audition and oh, Lord. the future mother of his child was there. As a very adult woman, with him being a very <laughs> teenage boy. And he was like, well, this is now an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Um, so. <laughs> that is so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. It's really weird to watch because he's, like, very much a child. And she's very much yeah. not. Um, I mean, obviously, they were yeah. both adults when they got together. But it's it's right. weird. It's weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, he watched Carpool Karaoke and he talked about the the meme where Harry's screaming in his ear and he has, like, the most annoyed look on his face, which is one of my favorite memes. <laughs> because it's really more of, like, a reaction all the photo. I know. <laughs> He's very much, like, a dad already, like, yeah, in really a lot is. of the ways he, like, talks about stuff. He's talking about this. He's like, so I'm a meme, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the last thing that I wanted to mention, just because I thought it was funny, is that he said um, he had an argument with his manager when they were watching the For You music video. And he said he had an argument with his manager because he wanted to dye his hair blonde. But they had this shoot for For You, and he apparently they wouldn't let him have blonde hair for it. so he shaved his head right before, and he said that really annoyed everybody. <laughs> but that's why he has a shaved head in that video, because I guess he wanted to dye it blonde, that's and they said no. Oh, and so then he was like, well, so he rebelled. guess I'll have no hair then. 
<laughs> I feel like he would look cool like a blonde, like a bleach blonde. I feel like he could pull it off. Like the Lauv look or Love or whatever that guy's name is. Love, Lauv. Yeah. He does like a bleach. Yeah. To color it. I wonder why he never did it after that. Oh, yeah. He could have just waited till after the music video. Maybe he wanted it right. specifically for the music video, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, and then la- almost last, we have some really cool content from Niall, which was a guitar tutorial for Black and White. Um, did you watch this? No, Caitlin? I didn't. It's about 14 minutes long. Um, you can find it on YouTube. He did it for music lessons on BBC Radio 1. So it's on YouTube and it's also on Niall's Instagram as like a IGTV video. Mm. Um, but it's a whole tutorial on how to play the song, which I just thought was so That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Like if you could ask me like if like what, what I want of any content, like that probably would be it. Like mm-hmm. song tutorials from the boys about their own songs. Yeah, um, that would be really, really cool. Yeah, so he did it with an acoustic guitar and pick, and he said he was going to keep the theory to a minimum. Um, he talked about how, still to this day, he's never had a guitar lesson. He just learned off of YouTube. Um, That's crazy. That's really inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But I can't imagine no one taught him anything. <laughs> like, he's been around so many musicians. I guess maybe not, like, yeah. a serious lesson. But he's definitely yeah. gotten help or, like, pointers for sure. Yeah, I feel like a lot. I feel like some people learn music that way. That that is how my brother learned music. Like it's literally incredible. He just like got a guitar and just picked it up and just played around with it and like watched videos and like matched his fingers to, like what the other people were doing and like he taught himself. He can play piano and guitar very very well. Like, he's very talented, wow. and he's never taken lessons. He doesn't know anything about music theory, um, but he's like so good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, like, a very, like, intuitive way to play, and I feel like Niall mm-hmm. must have that just, like, intuitive, like, musical ear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I can't learn that way. <laughs> I, like, need <laughs> the structure of lessons. Right. Um, I'm not good at just, like, figuring it out. Um, but this song particularly has an alternative tuning. Tuning, it's dadgad or demodal tuning. Um. Mm-hmm. And so he talked about that. And then um, it's a really pretty tuning. And I feel like a lot of Niall's songs off his latest album have alternative tuning, um, mm-hmm. which like really changes like the like sound of a song. Um, and it makes me wonder, like, when he wrote this song, like, did he like specifically like go to that tuning and like wrote right. in it? Or like, did he change it after like? I have more questions. Right. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, the tuning and like the chord cues are really, really beautiful. Like hearing them played in like a tutorial form. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like this song is so satisfying to sing and like listen to him sing because it has that like kind of like shouting, like you sing it really loud. Yeah. It's just very satisfying. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, I feel like he did a really good job. I feel like he did a good job with the tutorial. He, like, 
he just seems to like play very intuitively like when he would talk about how to do things like he wouldn't explain it in music theory terms he would just explain it in like Mm -hmm. feeling terms like when he was talking about the strumming he didn't like say what the strumming pattern one he was he was he would be like it's like bakataka bakataka he would just like use sounds <laughs> and like he yeah. was like with your left hand like don't think about it just like let it move um like nothing yeah. was like technical um but i that's feel like really it's helpful yeah like, that's a different way like you don't need to do like the posh way of learning like it can just right. be like, more from the heart mm-hmm yeah, I feel like it was really effective. Um, I like started, I like did a little bit of the beginning of it um, mm-hmm. last night and I want to, I want to like go through it. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was really mm-hmm. good and I'd love to see more of these from him. Um, and at mm-hmm. the end, he ended it by saying, see you soon and stay safe, my lovers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that he still calls us lovers. I so know. Um, do you feel like You've you have a guitar, right? Uh, it's my brother's, but I've mm. used it before. I like. Do have, you? I st- I think a couple years ago I tried to teach myself, and then I didn't get very far. And then in this quarantine, I had high hopes, and I've only done it one day. So yeah. <laughs> we will see well, do you what feel happens. like there's other songs? <laughs> do you feel like there's other songs that you would want? a tutorial of like directly from any of the boys um yeah i feel like also that would be cool a cool motivator to like learn directly with songs that you like rather than songs you don't care about Um, right so i don't know what songs i'm just thinking harry songs i feel like cherry would be cool yeah um like uh i don't know different old 1d song like story of my life would be cool because it does have that folksy or mm-hmm. happily um mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like sweet creature maybe mm-hmm. something that wouldn't be too challenging i have no idea what any of those songs are like on guitar, i feel like you've so. just named a lot of very challenging songs <laughs> oh damn <laughs> what are the so those songs ones? are all are like up tempo songs are all easier? like finger pick finger picked hard songs. Oh. yeah a lot of them are because <laughs> when you're doing a strumming pattern like you just have to nail the chords and then you can just strum but with finger picking like you have mm-hmm. to have like the fret part like, uh, that's a lot harder <laughs> well <laughs> i don't know maybe something more basic <laughs> But there's also basic yeah. ways to play songs. Like Sweet Creature is like ha- has like a finger picking pattern, but when I play it, mm-hmm. I play like a really sim- a much simpler pattern, okay, and it still cool. sounds like, that's it still what sounds I would need. Good. Something basic. Yeah. Can you see any of the other boys doing something like this? Uh, maybe Liam if he knew how to play. I can't see any of the other boys. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the other three are like recluses, so. They really are. (laughs) Which is so funny. What they're all doing. Yeah. Like coming from one direction. Harry did some stuff at the beginning of this. What? Oh, I was just going to say coming from one direction where like your every move is documented and then now they're like recluse. Reclusives. Yeah. And like it's quarantine. Like the two that are doing stuff are Niall and Liam. Like they're actively doing stuff. Harry did a couple things at the beginning, but. It's been pretty quiet for, like, over a month. It really has. So he's not doing much, and God knows Zane and Louie aren't going to come out of the shadows. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I 
don't know. I can't see any of them else offering up guitar lessons for us. Yeah. <laughs> Niall well, would just be a great guitar teacher in general. He like, really would. I feel like he would be good at that. Yeah. I know he did this for BBC Radio 1, but I would, like, die if he made it a series where he would, like, yeah, he could just go through his songs and, like, give us tutorials for them. Even if he just did, like, once a month I could see him doing it on his Instagram stories. Yeah. I feel like he should. Because he also was saying, like, he was, like, at one point he was, like, by the way, don't get angry at me when you, when you're, like, stop moving so fast. This is the first, my first time I've done this. Um, But I feel like he did really (laughs) well. Yeah. Okay, so we are at our last segment of the episode, and it is called Match the Tweet. I've compiled a a collection of tweets from the boys. I'm going to read them, and Caitlin has to guess which boy tweeted what. This is either going to be really hard or really easy, because it's either going to be really easy because you're going to immediately know the tweet, or it's going to be really hard because you're not, and like, how could you know? (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) how could you possibly remember i feel like i know a lot of the famous tweets from the boys but there are so many things that could just be pretty generic that any of them could have tweeted and then you also get into that thing where you're like wait was it this boy or this boy who said Uh it like misplacing the story yes so i did i did dig pretty deep i dug pretty deep oh damn um, but I didn't take any super generic ones. Like I didn't take any ones that were like, we had a like great time at the show last night. Like I didn't do any of right. that. That would that. be so hard. <laughs> yeah. How would you know? <laughs> okay. So starting it off, we have. Okay. At Harry Styles is my hero, dot, dot, dot. I love him and think he's so cool, dot, dot. It sometimes scares me how cool he is. Oh, okay. This has got to be an old one because none of the boys have recently tweeted like this. Spoiler alert. They're all old. <laughs> okay. Damn. okay. <laughs> um, oh, I know Harry and Louie would tweet a lot to each other back then, mm-hmm. but I honestly could see any of the boys tweeting this. I could see Niall have tweeting, tw- having tweeted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Louis did ones like this, but I don't know if this is Louis or like Liam's or someone. I can't imagine it would be Zane's, but mm-hmm. maybe it would. I don't know. I'm gonna just go Louis. I don't. I'm just gonna try to go and guess. <laughs> and just be wrong and accept my fate. It was Zane. Oh my god! Wow, the one I said it couldn't be. Okay, that's so interesting. In 2011, he's like current persona on i know that's not how he was they used to love each other or so they would have us believe (laughs) Mm. (laughs) it sometimes scares me how cool he is (laughs) (laughs) all right next up are you ready yes i was part of hansen that's it that's the tweet this i think was harry (laughs) ding 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 (laughs) He dressed up for him in, as Hanson for Halloween once. So, yeah, yep, that was him in 2013. 2013 was a, a year for Harry. He tweeted a lot of one sentence random things. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I remember that time. All right. Next we have. It must be hard to have a relationship with a firework. Dot, dot, dot. Baby, you're a firework. 
the fudge? Read it again for me. <laughs> it must be hard to have a relationship with a firework, dot, 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 and then in quotes, baby, you're a firework. I do not know this one. I want to be like, oh, Harry, because he was a total weirdo. Uh-huh. <laughs> but- <laughs> it's like a dumb joke, like Katy Perry's song. Baby, right. or firework. Oh, it must be hard to have a relationship with a firework. Oh, let's go Nile. It was Louis. Louis. From 2011. That doesn't seem like Louis at all to me. <laughs> I know. Louis in the early days, though, did a lot of was like he really these. Odd? He Yeah. He did a lot of stuff huh. like that. What, I know. Wait, what year was that? 2011. Oh, it's so early. Dang. I know. It's hard to remember because he's so, like, mature now. Yeah. But he used to be so not mature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to keep that in mind. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Me and Zane talking about home. Zane says, I wonder how big my dog is. Ha, 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 ha. What? <laughs> I don't know any of these. Let's go Liam. That was Liam. <laughs> Yay, I got it right. Also from 2011. What's the joke? I think, I don't know. Maybe that his that they're away from home and he's like, oh, my dog must be bigger now. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe he got a puppy or something. Somehow? I don't Get think it. so. I think they were just, like, 15. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or 16, I guess. Oh, Lord. All right. Next up we have Hugh Grant is right. Love is all around. Is this Harry? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like something Harry would have tweeted. Uh Uh-huh. Is that like Love Actually from Love Actually or something? Yes. I think it must be. (laughs) I need to rewatch that movie. I love it. Um, Okay. Next we have, that was weird. Fell asleep at seven. Just woke up now. Dot, dot. Might make some chicken noodles or I could just stay here. (laughs) I feel like I sort of remember this one, but it could be on any of the boys. Hmm. Um... Is it Nile? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> what year was that? 2010. 2010. That's so old. I like know. what? Did, like I feel like also Twitter was like a different space back then. Like you would tweet it was. stuff like that. You would, like, and I went like about falling asleep and noodles. Yeah. Well, it was also the time where like you would tweet after your name. So you would be like, yeah, had a chicken sandwich because it would be like at Lucia right. Oversee. Like, that's how it yeah. was. And then also they did all, all yeah. those TwitCam videos. So there was like oh. pages and pages of tweets where they were just like linking stuff and like responding to fans, like one word responses and like. Wow. Yeah. It was a really different the time. archives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, next we have. Everyone has a Titanic for the first time face. <laughs> um, Except for Caitlin because she's never seen it. Nope. Never seen it. Mm, Harry? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I feel like he always was someone who talked about Titanic. So yeah. that's how I got there. Yeah. Okay. Next we have 
I can promise I am not engaged. This I can promise you. I'm only 17. I love green beans. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this. Um, ooh. Is it Louie? No. Damn. Uh, 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 uh. Liam? Yes, it was Liam. <laughs> Liam. I love green beans. I'm only 17. Oh, I, I remember. Love green Wasn't beans. it rumors of him and Danielle or something? Yeah, I think so. Oh, man. I'm All just right. trying to think because, like, it could have been Louie and Eleanor or Liam and Danielle. Yeah. Um. Okay, we've got a good one next. I'm sorry, I can't afford a Ferrari, dot, dot, dot. But that don't mean I can't get you there, winky face. Oh, man. (laughs) This is an embarrassing tweet. (laughs) I don't know who did this. Niall? Nope. Louie? Nope. Harry? Yep. (laughs) Oh, man, that's embarrassing, Harry. Go back and delete your Harry's tweets are, like, pretty wild. (laughs) How old was he here? Is this from 2011? This was was 2010. So he's, like, 16. Yeah. My goodness. (laughs) 16-year-old Harry. Okay, you're confident. Yeah. Um, Okay, here's the next one. (laughs) At Niall Official. Ooh, look at me. My name's Niall and I've got a big bad knee. Ooh. (laughs) I'm going to go with Louie on this one. (laughs) That is definitely Louie's tone of voice there. Yep, that was Louie in 2013. When they would just tweet each other. What a great time. Yeah, I know. They were so many tweets to each other. So cute. Um, okay, I've got a few more. Uh, here's the next one. Sorry to burst people's bubble, but I never stripped on tweet cam. Are you guys crazy? Ha. (laughs) Um, is this Leah? No. Niall? No. Harry? No. Zane? Yep. (laughs) What? He would be the last one, I would think, who said that. I know. This was 2010, though. Wow. Like, remember in, in, like, 2010 when they were always doing those those twit cams and, like... Yeah. And Zayn was like, what's happening? Like, he was such a different person. Yeah. It's so different. I mean, I wasn't in the fandom at that point, but I know I went back and watched all that stuff. Yeah. It is really weird. (laughs) <laughs> they were yeah. very different people <laughs> back in the early days. Okay, I have four more. Okay. You're doing pretty good, actually. Sort of. Yeah. I've only gotten six right, I think. <laughs> oh, I haven't been counting. <laughs> okay, next we have, thank you so much for the Brits nomination. Can't wait to put on my finest gown. Uh, Harry. Yep. <laughs> Okay, that sounded like him. That was 2014. So, okay, that was a little later. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, cool, cool, cool. Next we have Jade from Little Mix is a proper cutie. Just watched X Factor. <laughs> that is embarrassing. Wow. I know. <laughs> um, I'm not. I don't think it would be Harry. Um, but I feel like it could be. But. Okay, they were on X Factor. Like, some of them were in relationships then. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't know. Maybe maybe Liam? But I feel like he was in a relationship. I don't know. Maybe Zane? Your final maybe answer. Niall? <laughs> it was Niall. Ah! <laughs> Niall, okay. <laughs> a proper cutie. Oh, wow. She yeah, is I think a the proper other... cutie. She is. The other boys must have all been in relationships at that time. Yeah. I... Yeah, besides Harry, but I don't. I didn't think he would say that. Yeah. Um, okay, oh, second to last player. one. What, did you see that article? There was some article that was like, Niall tried to slide into some girl's DMs. It like recently happened. Oh, really? <laughs> I like was, I always like search each boy's names when I'm doing news. And like, right. was, there was like tons of news stories of him trying to slide into some person's DMs. <laughs> and I think they're probably friends though, but it was someone who was like on Love Island or something, but apparently what? they've known each other for a while. So I don't know where this story came from, but that is so funny. So bizarre. <laughs> I feel like yeah, Niall is just like perpetually single. But I feel mm. like at the same time he has like a small harem, probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, okay, second to last one. Really nervous for tonight. A lot at stake. Dot, 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 dot. Medium rare. <laughs> oh, Lord. Is that Harry? No. Uh, feel like that's something Harry would say. Something stupid like that. Yeah. Liam? No. Louis? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like Louis to me. Louis had a whole series of tweets where he would do these dumb jokes. Uh, I don't the know The firework those. one, the medium rare. This was 2010. Wow. So. Medium rare. That sounds like a hairy joke from like 2013. It really does. <laughs> okay, the last one. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready for it. Okay. Applied for X Factor. Hope it all works out. Oh, this is Louis, right? It's Niall. Niall, Niall, Niall. Yeah. I rem- I, I got I like this is so emotional to like hear that one. Isn't it? I know I've seen it a lot I going know. around. I this was January sixteenth, two thousand ten, so he had just applied. Aww. Um yeah, this one always makes me emotional. <sighs> oh Neil. <laughs> okay, I got like two, four so hard to count i just write a whole bunch of ones next to each other one two three four five six seven eight maybe that's not great <laughs> that was pretty good though wow. a lot of them are really hard some throwback i feel yeah. like if there were more like 2013 2014 era i would have done better earlier days yeah those are really difficult their I voices know. are just so different back then they are i tried to pick ones that were just like really non sequiturs <laughs> <laughs> Well, let us know if you guys like this because I have a bunch more that I, I like put a bunch into a doc and then I like selected the ones to read. So if you guys like this, we can definitely do more of them. I feel like these are, we need more segments like one Diaz that we just bring in. Yeah. This is like these like quote ones or tweet ones are good ones that you can just kind of like sprinkle in as seasoning onto an episode. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have any recommendations for us this week, Caitlin? Uh, I 
do not have any recommendations (laughs) that I can think of. But if you go first, I might have one. Okay. Well, I'm still watching, rewatching Sabrina. Still obsessed with it. Even more obsessed with it. Every episode I watch, I love it more. Um, And then I also want to recommend the Dixie Chicks latest song called Juliana Calm Down. Yes. Uh, probably a lot of you have heard it because it's been out for a couple of weeks, but holy cow, this song is so good. And last week when I had like my violent crying on the floor, uh, episode, I listened (laughs) to this song on repeat (laughs) and it was really comforting. It's a really good song and it's so good. Listen to it if you haven't. It's amazing. Um, The other day I was laying outside and I just had the two songs by the J- Dixie Chicks that are out now on their new album, Juliana Calm Down and Gaslighter, just like playing uh-huh. on repeat for like two hours or something. Yes. So good. <laughs> I can't wait for their album. I don't know if there's I a know. release date yet. I don't know either. Later. Yeah, Gaslighter is definitely also amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And then my last recommendation is a little bit bougie, so forgive me, but it is <laughs> uh, that I've been making oat milk matcha lattes at home. Um, I bought, I, that used to be like my thing that I would get out. Like when I was working, I would get a matcha latte with oat milk. Um, but obviously that's like not really doable anymore. Um, but I bought like a milk steamer a while ago and it's just like you plug it into the wall and it's like a little, a little canister and you just pour milk in and it steams and foams it. It's really easy. And it wasn't even that expensive. Um, and then I got some matcha powder, which is expensive. There's no way around that. And then I also got some Oatly oat milk at the store, which is, like, always really hard to find. It's always out of stock. Um, But my um, housemate went shopping, and they had it in stock, and so she got me some. And I've been just making uh, matcha powder with steamed oat milk and putting a little agave mm. syrup in for sweetener and it's so good um but it is a little bougie so you know i feel like we all have to be a little bougie right now because we're our own coffee shops we're our own yeah like, yeah <laughs> we can't go out like it's always nice to go out to a coffee shop get kind of like an overpriced drink that's fancy that makes you feel like you're like you know some someone important right and now it's like we have to do that ourselves so mm-hmm. it's okay to be a little bougie yeah i mean you could make it with any milk you want obviously if you're not vegan and you drink regular milk um regular milk foams really easily but with vegan milks um a lot of them don't foam very well oat milk is the best by far and then second is soy milk and then the rest kind of do a bad job at foaming hmm. i feel like oat milk also just gives coffee such a good taste it's it, like, very creamy yeah it. It's so good. Yeah. Um, okay, I've come up with two recommendations. Oh, um, excellent. Both Instagrams. So I've been really excited about my new apartment in Boston. Um, I haven't gotten it yet, but I've been thinking of decorating it for like a couple years now. <laughs> like I've been like, <laughs> you know, slowly knowing that I'd be going to medical school. And um, but lately, especially, I've been really getting excited about interior design and like furniture and stuff. Um, so it's two people on Instagram that um have instagrams dedicated to like interior design in their own houses one of them is frock me i'm famous um and this is a british girl (laughs) it's f-r-o-c-k me i'm famous all one word um 
and she's just redone she's like renovated a whole bunch of rooms in her house and it's so nice and I love the aesthetic um and then almost underscore everything underscore off underscore eBay so that's almost everything off eBay but there's underscores instead of spaces um and this girl I think she's also British has a really cool funky house um and she's the one that has a um what's it called shower curtain that is Frida Kahlo inspired Mm. and green walls and really beautiful like wood with um gallery art so I just really like both of their interior design and I've been really inspired um so go check them out and be inspired as well I love interior design stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that was our show today. I hope you guys enjoyed a little mishmash of an episode. Uh, we'll probably continue to do these for a while because um, mm-hmm. there's likely not going to be any major content coming up anytime soon. Um, we yeah. do have song discussions to do, so we'll mix those in as well, which are like more obviously intensive and sometimes serious episodes um but yeah we'll probably kind of go back and forth between song discussions and then these kind of like hodgepodge Mm -hmm. episodes um for a while so if there's anything you want to hear us talk about definitely let us know um yeah and uh oh gosh i'm doing the outro very out of order (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) Uh, yeah, anything you want us to hear t- us talk about on future episodes, let us know. Any songs you're dying to hear a song discussion on, let us know because we have like so many. We have like pretty much all of Louis's album, all of Niall's album, all of Harry's album uh, that we've like barely brushed the surface of. Um, so if there's any songs from those albums that you're like dying to hear, let us know. Um, but thank you for listening to episode 222 of Talk Direction. You can follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction email us at talkdirection at gmail.com find us on tumblr at talkdirection.tumblr.com or on instagram at talkdirection and you can follow us individually as well i'm at lucia o spelled l-u-c-c-i-a-o-h on twitter and instagram and caitlin where can they find you you can follow me on twitter and instagram at caitlin ir foster and caitlin is spelled c-a-i-t-l-i-n Make sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash talkdirection, where today on Talk Direction Down Low, we're going to be talking all about the boys as YouTubers, um, which is going to be really fun because me and Caitlin are definitely both people who have spent a lot of time on YouTube. Um, oh, yeah. Watching, not creating. Um, and hey, Speak for yourself. I did a lot of Patreon YouTube videos. That's true. <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> technically YouTube. Trying to come YouTube. up with content. <laughs> Lordy Lord. <laughs> yeah if you join all still there yeah if you you join our patreon you can watch um vlogs from caitlin and kara um and also me i did a couple of like travel vlogs um some cooking ones i think so yeah that content's all still there when you sign up for our patreon you get Mm -hmm. like everything that we've done and we're at like Mm -hmm. 153 um episodes now so a lot of content to help get you Mm -hmm. through the quarantine Mm mm-hmm um, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave us a review to help more people discover the show. And you can also listen on SoundCloud. And one last thing I forgot to mention is that um, I really want to do a movie night where we watch one of the One Direction documentaries. 
Uh, So we're probably going to schedule that soon. I have to, like, talk to Caitlin and figure out, you know, timing and all of that. Mm -hmm. It's obviously not something that's available on Netflix. Um, You probably will have to buy it if you want to join, which I know sucks. But it's the only way we're going to be able to watch it unless you can find a way to watch it, you know, in other means, which leave up to you um (laughs) but we haven't figured out exactly how we're gonna do that yet but i know that i really want to do that so um if you're interested uh just keep an ear or an eye out for that um because we'll probably figure out a way to do that soon i'm lucia and i'm caitlin thank you for listening we'll see you next time for episode 223 bye